0: At the second week of the NRL Finals, we've gone from eight to six. Now we're down to the last four. I'm AJ Luke Antonio, contributor of the League Unlimited website, the Front Row Program, and the man with the stats. Joining me, as always, is the man behind the news, Reese Sullivan. G'day, Reese. G'day, g'day. How uh, are you? Bit, a bit mellow today, considering the events of Friday night, which we'll get to, Uh but before we go, anywhere, and I'll mention at the end of the program as well, we're going to have two episodes this week. So we're going to obviously do our weekly recap today. Then later in the week, I teamed up with uh, rambling saint Johnny Lou himself, where we looked at the state of the game of both and England, and he felt, made me feel a little bit better about the Roosters loss. So I've got that to look forward to later
1: in the week as well, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I'm sure it'd be an absolute banging pod uh, here. Uh, Johnny, obviously, excellent. I did a draft with him a couple of weeks ago. He did. Very, very fun. So I think a lot of people really liked my team. So thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Let's get straight into the post-mortems. Unfortunately, we have to kick off. Melbourne 18 defeating the Roosters 13. Now, considering the back line we had to name this week, having Junior Power could be the sole survivor of the back line. Did anyone have that on their bingo card at the beginning of the year?
1: Definitely not, mate.
0: But we have to analyse this game properly. So we're going to get straight into it. A uh, bit of a bumpy start for both sides. Melbourne made an error in their own end. The Roosters couldn't capitalise, but in traditional Rooster style, we concede a penalty. Let Melbourne camp upfield, and Tyron Wishart deputising for Jerome Hughes put on a bit of a step and a go,
1: didn't he? Yes, just you know, had a little bit of space. First man missed, second man missed. Dummy, and away he goes. Not something we, not something we've seen from Tyron Wishart this season, but it's great to see he's got it in his bag.
0: Yeah, uh, he isolated. He did really well trying to get. Got on the outside of kiri because Kiri had to make that decision whether he was committed fully on Wishart or going out the back towards Nick Mini. And Brandon Smith could have done a better job, I thought, coming across. But it is what it was. We are down 4-0 early. Uh, we won a captain's challenge. Again, bit of errors. we are going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Until the major drama of the game, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest one of them all, Harry Graham, Knocked on. I do not need to have another discussion about this. Yes, we also could save the penalty and they scored, but that's not the point.
1: I was going to say, like, yeah, obviously the knock-on was bad, but did 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 it have to come with the penalty afterwards for the roosters? No, it did not. But
0: still, me in the office, my fellow roosters in the office, we um. Said some four-letter words that we don't want to repeat on this podcast. But do you want to save the coin talk now or do you want to go afterwards? Let's, let's have it now. Uh, question is, is, is this his number one spot gone?
1: I can't see them changing it up in the finals. Like Obviously, from in a vacuum, 100% that number one spot needs to go. But I think in, in the finals, they're not going to drop him based on that performance. Will it hinder his ability to get the grand final? Possibly. But I think preliminary finals, I think he'll be pretty safe to referee one of the two games this weekend.
0: Yeah. I'll just read to you a quote from an unnamed uh, NRL referee that stands the point. He says here, Experience and season currency means nothing during finals, mate. It's like being first in the hurdles at the Olympics and then tripping on the last one.
1: That's a fair analogy.
0: Yeah, but I will say, and this is just me observing the weekend's action. I think he will do a preliminary final, but his ranking has to drop. His ranking has to drop. I can I can get what you're saying. And it's not just me being a biased rooster supporter, there was there was the high tackle miss on Harry Grant as well. That was a big thing in the context of the game that if Melbourne didn't score that last try through, which we'll get to later, that would have been a massive talking point. And unfortunately, and a bit like it's a bit like Stephen Bradbury with um Adam G at the moment. He skated through as the number two, number three guy. And he's looking, odds on at the moment, to be the number one.
1: Yes, but uh, they all love a good Bradbury here in Australia. <laughs> That's um, why I mentioned it. Yes. But, yeah, it's the refereeing situation, I called it all throughout the year when mm-hmm. it came to refereeing in the finals. And unfortunately, even though it's probably a bit harsh to say that it cost the roost of the game, it certainly almost cost the storm the game, with the Harry Grant high tackle. But yeah, the refereeing, really, this whole final series has been pretty substandard. And I think the NRL can't just keep their head in the sand any longer. They're going to have to do something about the quality of refereeing in the very near future.
0: 100%. So the Roosters made some subs. They brought on Terrell May, they brought on Fletcher Baker, they brought on Angus Crichton. And that seemed to make a bit of a difference. They were getting upfield, they were rolling up. And it was a vital try. Brandon Smith got in the shadows of half time, that just seemed to take all momentum for the Roosters. They were building quite nicely, and they looked the better team heading into the sheds at the
1: break. Yeah, they hundred yeah, percent. I thought, like you said, it was just a massive try in the scheme of the game to go into half time as that last try score instead of being down ten nil. I think it was twelve nil. Yeah, ten 12-6. yeah, they're down 10-6. Yeah, like, it was absolutely what they needed. Um, And, of course, with Brandon Smith getting it, I think that also adds a little bit of extra momentum, given his history with the Storm.
0: Yeah, 100%. The second half was a bit of a stop-start affair. Roosters had some opportunities. Melbourne had some opportunities. Didn't eventually wait for both sides until and Oh, sorry, Paul Morowski got pinned for a high tackle. Meany went for the shot at goal. To go up twelve six and you kind of thought we're seeing a bit of deja vu from last week a little bit. But uh, Sandon Smith came in the game and boy oh boy he had a bit of an impact
1: didn't he? He is such a. I said it last week I'll say it again he's such a great player in that number fourteen jersey. Just always seems to put himself in that position to spark and I have to wonder AJ, are you now starting to see why we had the criticism with Drake Turpin?
0: Yes. From an attacking point of view, I mean, a hundred percent, a hundred and fifty thousand percent. And the biggest knock for me with Sandon defensively at times. Like, let me take a look at Sandon's tackles. Like, I'm not too sure. Let me just get them up here. Uh, Sandon, 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 Sandon. Okay, he only had one ineffective. That wasn't as bad as what I was thinking I was gonna see. Okay, you get a pass, you get an A plus Sandon. Just,
1: you know, at the end of the day, I think, you yeah, know, really dummy halves will always be able to defend. It's just going to be, you know, the gap between dummy halves who can attack and defend is just astronomical.
0: Yeah. From there, uh, Sandon of course, had the, had the line break, passed it. They got the quick play of the ball. And what about the rainbow pass to Avocado Man, Lindsay Collins?
1: That was one of the best passes I've seen all finals. Like... So, I over- call Sam Walker on that as well, because Walker was screaming for it inside Lindsay.
0: hmm
1: And he's overruled, thrown an audacious triple cutout, and it's hit Lindsay Collins. Like, that's just heads mm-hmm. up football. It's what you want to see. It is. Um, we're at
0: 12-all. We're building confidence. Have a lovely kick with Sam Walker. And then Corey fucking Allen's offside. Like Teddy makes the brilliant play, drags him back in goal all on his own. And then we do that. We are being, we are such a stupid football team sometimes. I love it, but we are so stupid.
1: Do you have any risks?
0: Yeah, 100%. But we were able to rally. Sam Walker kicked the field goal. We were up 13-12. Uh, Tyron Wishart got pinned for accidental offside. We forced him deep. And then the same clown again. Commit six again. Like, why? 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 Just context in the point of the game, mate.
1: Just. Yes. Now you're starting to see what happens when you put the, you know, the backups in. Yeah. And I'm not going to blame Junior Power for the
0: kick on defusal on Will Warbrick. I'm surprised I didn't do that sooner in the game. Just the context of the game, that just hurt. I'm not going to blame Power at all.
1: Yeah. But it's not very good.
0: Obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about the season for the Roosters. Um, I want to talk about our forwards quickly. CY1, great. Lindsay, great. Ever since I started ripping in to Victor Radley, he has turned a corner. You must be listening, mate. He had a very good final series.
1: Very very good.
0: Since he came back from his hamstring, he's been great.
1: I think probably he's the biggest great. bonus was that he wanted, he wanted Sid Brent in the finals because he, he could have come close with the Hidden Harry Grant, but hundred
0: percent, like
1: massively. He was probably one of your three best, I'd say, in the final series. Yeah, and
0: one, those, another, one another name we could throw in, Terrell May.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think. So you finish. Yeah, I think this was a massive, like you know, obviously, a really big watershed series for Terrell May, Siwa Wong, and Sandon Smith. I think all three of those guys, you got to think, heading into next season, they've locked in their place in the 17th. Just off
0: the back of these two games. Yeah, 100%. 18 runs, 131 metres. Led the game in tackles. He had 45 in 56 minutes. Absolute I love him. But for the Storm, oh, also Teddy was outstanding, 234 metres. How could I forget saying Teddy? <laughs> uh, for the Storm... No Hughes, no worries. Munster stood up in a big way. Harry Grant, outstanding. Christian Welsh with that intercept, outstanding. Uh, I didn't think they got the impact necessary out of the sofa Solomona in whatever role they had him in. Uh, the back five outside of Rima Smith did their job. But for the Storm, they're taking on Penrith next week. How did they rally up to get them?
1: Well, if, if Hughes and Coats are back, it's a boost to them. Uh, they're probably going to need both of those guys in the squad if they're going to have any chance to win what they need to do is number one, figure out the best way to get production out of the NAS, just like you said that's back-to-back games now where he's been really limited in his impact on the game so I think they have to do something different to make him be that star prop he has been for so long then number two, they need Munster to really have that kick on, have that game where he just shows like that star quality. You know, we've we've seen it so many times with him. It seems like he can almost flick a switch whenever he wants to and just, you know, dominate. He needs to do that again. If he can take Penrith by the scruff of the neck, here, I think Melbourne will have every chance to win the game.
0: Yeah, and I think if they have Gerard Hughes in there as well, that's going to be an extra element of boost there, my friend. It's just. With Melbourne, I don't know. Like, I think they should have absolutely buried us. Like, just like through the middle, I thought they had chances where they could have gone out wide, targeted outside backs a little bit more, but they just didn't. Like, they had more chances arguably than us to win the game, and well, the it didn't the, take it until end of
1: the day, Melbourne have scored. 18 points through their first two finals games. And they're about to go up against the best defensive team in the comp. Not looking good at all for them. Mm
0: Mhm. 100%, my friend. Are you ready to move on? Uh,
1: Yes. Uh, Actually, I'll ask you one more question. Go ahead. Just one more quick question. So now for the Roosters. Yes. You still haven't advanced to the preliminary finals since the grand final in 2019. Yep. How much longer do you think you can keep running it back with this call? I think
0: over the next couple of years, you'll see changes. No doubt about that. Keery, I think 2024 will be his song. I think Crichton's going to be going for more reports to Rav JWH is retiring next year. Tupou's probably retiring next year. So that's four senior players out of the squad we've got already. And I don't want to look at it as this event. I think there's an opportunity because you have Sanders Smith in the wings. I don't know if you're watching the uh, jersey flag. We've got another young half by the name of Cassius Tia. He
1: was. I heard you talking about him.
0: He was outstanding in that flag semi-final. Uh, we've also got... Forwards in that squad who I have raved about for months. You've just seen it. You're given Wong and May opportunities. To add nothing White in there to get opportunities. And this core's going to get better. Spencer Lenyu's coming in next year. Licking my lips at the moment. And then you're going to have outside backs. We've got Dom Young coming in. Uh, Lewis Murphy from Wakefield coming in. I'm really excited about both of them. They bring spark genuine speed into this side that something you've heard me talk about a couple of times that, up, that we're lacking in our squad, just genuine out-and-out out pacer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely, you know, be foolish to say the Roosters, their window is closed. But I just, you know, I think there will be a transition period similar to what there was in 2016. I thought the transition
0: period was this year, to be honest. And I'm just going to cut in here. Holbrook's coming in to fix the attack.
1: Yeah, that's a massive jet.
0: I'm so excited that Holbrook's fixing the attack. Because not only we're going to have structure, but more importantly, we're going to have Sam Walker playing more off-the-cuff footy than ever before and back rowers that can hit lines and run good lines. So, I'm really excited about what this is going to bring to us. But,
1: I think, mate. I think, out and out, um, Roosters will have the best coaching team in the league next year between Robbo, Oldbrook, Cordner, and Friend. Pardon me. Um, but, yeah, okay. I think, yeah, Roosters should have probably the best coaching structure. That would be massive for them.
0: Yeah, 100%, my friend. But, anyway, we are going to move on. Warriors 40, Knights 10, up the wards, ladies and gentlemen. We went off to Mount Smart Stadium. I refuse to call Go Media Stadium. A a helpful tip stop tipped me off to me doing that last week. And thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, Newcastle got the ball first and dropped it in the first 30 seconds. That set up the tone rather quickly.
1: them 15 minutes to complete the fact.
0: That too, but Charles or clockstar breaking through down that right-hand side. The combination with Sean Johnson
1: outstanding, wasn't it? Didn't miss to beat those two in those two weeks. Johnson was off, that's for sure. Just seeing K looked so much more a lot than being able to beat those balls. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, and then it didn't help when they conceded a penalty. They had to do a lot of defence in a short period of time, and that's when... You saw them isolate that right, that right hand side of the knights, and Anthony Blake just hits that hole, doesn't he?
1: Exactly. Uh, but yeah, just it was a bit soft for the knights, I thought. I think the gap was way too wide for that type of play. Um, but obviously, AFB he has found his way through those holes in the past, so yeah.
0: That's for sure. But anyway, they made another mistake, Newcastle. Dominic Young, I thought Montoya did a really good job on him and he sco- he got rewarded with a try. Uh, that got it to 16 nil, And the Newcastle Knights just looked out infused in all aspects and a well-deserved de- try for Greg Marju. Uh down the right. so a bit of redemption for him. Uh, but it just seemed to be in the motions for the rest of the first half for both sides.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just Warriors not really trying to push the ledger but too much. I think the Knights caught a little bit of momentum after the Marju try, and the Warriors did a really good job at being able to just keep the line firm and hold them out. I think if the Knights had scored again before halftime, it might have been a bit of a different game. But the Warriors did their job, played possession, defended really well, and went into halftime with that 10-point lead.
0: Hundred percent mate, my friend. Uh, let's go through the second half quickly. Uh, Dylan Lucas sliced through for a try, but I thought the pass was a bit
1: forward. Oh, uh, yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah, it was, I thought it was very bored.
0: Sixteen's ten is the score and Jack Everington concedes the penalty. And Dylan Walker with a bit of an assist off the goalpost for 22 10.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, look, you can't penalise the goalpost for obstruction there, but it certainly wasn't clean. Yeah, just it's a silly penalty again. How many times have we said that about him? A lot. Yeah. um, But, yeah. Yeah, From there, DWZ...
0: Sorry,
1: mate. Oh, but yeah, I'm just going to say soft penalty leads to the try. And after that, the Knights don't get another chance, really, to get back into the game. Mm -hmm, 100%.
0: Uh, DWZ broke way down the right-hand side. And you saw Rocco Berry... Do some Herculean effort to reach that
1: football out. -hmm. There's very few words to describe it. Just great strength, great body positioning. You know, just excellent Mm -hmm. build to just force that ball down.
0: Yeah, 100%. 28 points to 10. From there, two quick tries. DWZ picked up another try, and then they got one to continue the party mood with Fareweller. Bailey Sirnan, that was 40 points to 10. Dylan Walker even tried a disrespectful field goal at the end of the season. Or oh, not the end of the season, the game. But let's talk through some metres. Chance, one under 300 in finals footy. Wow. Uh Montoya, DWZ, great out of yardage, Vanilla Blake, Jackson Ford, Torhu Harris. Harris had 228 meters, by the way.
1: Yeah. He really stood up in this game, Torhu. I thought he was very, very quiet against the Panthers. Uh, yeah, massive step up, and it's what the Warriors really, really needed from their captain. Indeed.
0: Ford, 188 metres. Barnett's 151. Uh, Better impact off their bench. I would like to see Jaz Tavanga used more than 20 minutes in the game. I think he can provide a bit more impact. And I think when you look at next week against Brisbane, I would be trying to match him and say... Match him up against... Who's your bench likely going to be again?
1: Um, Smoothie, Hetherington, Kyakura, probably Although I have heard heard rumours of Tapu.
0: I'd match Tavunga against Hetherington. Yeah, I agree. And then you can match Walker against your first forward off the cab as Painthouse is climbing to the end of his stint. Josh Curran, you can match against Pia Kura as well. So, And then Bailey Siren can exciting a match with Tyson Smith because he can play in a hooker. He can play in the back row and on an edge. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But for the Knights, they had a nine-game winning streak to come into the finals. They looked good in week one. Just came crashing down, didn't it? Yeah, just, uh, you know,
1: unfortunate way for the Knights' of season to end. But there's a lot of positives to take out of it for Newcastle. You know, they were a team that a lot of people, if you hadn't told them in round 17, would be, you know, second week of the finals. you would probably been laughed out of the podcast. Um, but these last few weeks have shown what Newcastle can do. Yes, they did have a relatively soft draw. But ultimately, you just have to play who's in front of you. I think big thing has to be Adam O'Brien Will have taken something out of this run. I uh, understood the team maybe a little bit better than he has in the previous few seasons. Hopefully he can go into the off-season, tweak what, uh, go off what worked, tweak what didn't work, build the team better for next year and
0: keep on pushing. 100%, mate. But some good signs there. I know they just signed, um, I was talking to Johnny about this in the episode coming out later this week. We are talking about Kyle Pierce paul potentially coming in on that X-Spot, but Dylan Lucas is done a lot in the last couple of weeks for me that says I want that edge
1: spot. 100%. He took that chance that he's been given with both hands. Really, you know, locked down that spot on the bench. It's, I don't think it's going to be guaranteed that KPP gets that first crack, but I think definitely they'll be going into preseason looking at both those options trying to work out who fits better next to the core of the team. I think KPP will get every chance to lock down the spot, but it won't be guaranteed. Hundred percent. My
0: friend. Uh anything else you want to touch on the knights heading into next year? I mean they obviously Will Price is coming in as well. Yes. Fullback, uh fullback, five eight, halfback. He can play anywhere in the spine. I was talking to Johnny about him last night when we filmed, and he thinks he's mainly a fullback, but um you can't, ponga move ponga. you
1: can't move ponga.
0: Yeah, you can't move Ponga, but you've got to remember that um Origin comes around, I think he'd be perfect. I think if he gets injured, perfect. Lockie Miller's gone, so I think we'll see that um will Price come a bit of his own this year at the back when given an opportunity.
1: Yeah, I agree, <laughs> but I think he'll also have a very good chance. Of locking in that 5 8 spot to start the season. Uh, As good as Tyson Gamble's been on this run, as intangible as he is to the leadership of this nice team and to their morale, I think it would be foolish to say he's guaranteed to get the sixth jersey next year. Reality, they'll probably go for whoever fits best next to Ponga and Hastings. And if that's Bryce, it's Bryce. 100%,
0: my friend. So let's. Digress. We've got the prelim finals coming up. Uh, Melbourne taking on Penrith on the Friday night. Then the Saturday night, we have the Broncos and the Warriors. Uh, let's just look at this first one quickly. I don't think that Penrith can be beaten.
1: I tend to agree. I think ultimately, like, like we said, if the Storm gets huge and coached back and Munster plays that type of game that we know he's capable of, the Storm do chance. But if the Panthers can play 90 to 95% of what they're capable of, they win. That's that simple. Like, I think they're just such a class above the Storm at the moment, and we saw that when they matched up towards the back end of the season. Mm-hmm, 100%. 100%. The, the only question for the Panthers would be if Luai is put back in and isn't 100%. Because if Melbourne can exploit that weak link, I think it could play in their favour. So maybe if, obviously, he's doing a fitness test um, on Monday. So he'll be doing it pretty much right after this podcast comes out. Um if he's not 100%, do you think the Panthers choose to risk it? 100%. I think they do. Cool. Like, Cog has proven, though, that he's capable.
0: I know, but I just think that Luai can provide so much more. Yeah. I just think that he can do... Like, he can do things no other player in the game does. Like, the way he is able to step, create the second phase, provide that second fiddle to Cleary. Uh, I just think it offers more variety. And then, in turn, that opens up Martin. That opens up your edges to play a bit more off the cuff as well, create the second phase. Because, you know, is going to be jumping around, bouncing around the back, creating that second phase. And when the Roosters shifted it wide... They did trouble the Storm's edges.
1: Yes, 100%. They did. Uh, the question is going to be, who's the Storm up with um, mm-hmm. the Panthers' edges as good as they are? Can the Storm win the medal? I know Panthers absolutely blew the Warriors out of the middle last week. So that's one of the big reasons why they won the game and especially us of a it becomes a very, very different ball game. And I think Melbourne has to be going into that game, into this game, with that game plan. Mm-hmm. Which dominate the middle, force Penrith to have to play as the wide ball early and not let them just settle in the rhythm.
0: Yeah, 100% right, my friend. But Broncos v Warriors, I think this is going to be the big showdown everyone is going to say. This is the showdown of front rowers we needed to see. Payne Haas, Adam Fanua Blake. The two best front rowers in the competition going head to head.
1: Yeah, it's what, you know... Obviously, we would have loved to see Ponga versus Walsh, but this is a very good second option uh, for New Blake versus Payne Haas. The thing is, for the Warriors, it's so much more than just Payne Haas. They've also got to figure out a way to stop Pat Carrigan. The way Thomas Fluggler's been playing the last few weeks, he has to be stopped. You've got Etherington off the bench, Palacir even off the bench. He's been phenomenal the last few weeks. So, for the Warriors, they're going to need all their forwards to step up. They're probably going to need the best game they've had all season. And guys like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Justin uh Bunny Afoa, those types of guys all need to step up. Basically, if they don't, I think Brisbane will do to them exactly the same thing Penrith did in week one.
0: Hundred percent right, my friend. Uh, but for the they've just got to go just through some second phase play. Like, I think what we've seen from Rhys Walsh, attacking the edges is going to be the key. And I think what we'll see is a lot of second phase trying to target those vulnerable edges, which we have seen over
1: time. Yes. And at the same time, Brisbane have been very good at showing down second phase play all season. They've been very good. at Billy Walters and Kirby they are both extremely good at wrapping the ball and tackles. So I think you know I'm just going to quickly check for um, Noah Blake's stats in the first game they played round 14. If my memory, no 13, um, Just give me five seconds.
0: That's okay, my friend. I'll jump
1: in. And uh, okay, don't worry. I've got it up now. So. Tim <laughs> Blake in round 13 had 20, 20 carries for 264 metres, 111 post-contact. He had six tackle breaks, but only two offloads. And Brisbane, as a team, only gave up one, two, four, six, seven, eight, ten 10 offloads, which seems like a, a fair bit, but I think it's lower than what the Warriors have been averaging all season. And you have to remember, that was the Broncos team without Payne Haas, without Pat Carrigan without Thomas Flegler. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think the Warriors will find it tough to settle into that type of expansive, you know, just running and done football that we saw against the Knights. 100% my friend. Uh, but like you said, they're still a threat, obviously. Um, you know, basically, if you're getting the preliminary Finals, you're good. It's that simple. But I think the Broncos have what it takes. Shut down their like key threats in the forwards and really force, you know, your Sean Johnsons, your Tamari Martins, your Sean to win the game off their own backs rather than just being able to rely on the forwards, cutting the ball down the field.
0: Yeah, 100%, my friend. But On that note, we are going to move on to the NRLW. It was round nine, a lot to play for. Uh, Newcastle sealed the minor premiership on Thursday night with a 28-8 win over the West Tigers. The Tigers led 8-6 at halftime. Jesse Southwell was taken off with a precautionary cork. Uh, But the Knights just continue on finding a way. Tamika Upton, Abigail Roach, Caitlin Johnston, Yasmin Clydesdale all had a big part to play in the win.
1: They're just such a great well They They, Even even with with South Wales, they don't have that one strength. Like, obviously, South Wales is a superstar. But it's not the only... She's not the only star on the team. They have so many great players. And I think it showed against the Tigers. It wouldn't surprise me if they show it again next week against the Broncos in the finals, going into the grand final too, I think. 100% 100% Newcastle
0: are going to be the team to beat. Yeah, 100%, my friend. 100%, 100%. And for the Tigers, it's not been a bad year. They've had a lot of injuries. Nevada, George, I thought was the outstanding. Rakia Horn has had a breakout season at Senna for Paramount. Oh, not for Paramount. She was there last year. tofunga as well has been outstanding. As well. Uh mm-hmm. huh hundred percent. Uh Jakia Whitfield's been a fine. Christian Pio has been outstanding on the prop position. Played the full seventy two for a prop. Okay. Not bad. Okay. Moving on. Oh well, before we move on, how do you, what do you how do you grade the Tigers on a scale from A to D? Um
1: uh... C, I think. Obviously, they had a very good start to the season, but then back half of the year, they just shit in a bucket. So, yeah, C sounds good. Pretty painfully average.
0: 100% right, my friend. Uh, but moving on, Roosters 40. Cowboys 16, it was a tense first half. The Roosters led 12 10 before Taryn Aiken. Taryn uh, Aiken put on a show, didn't she? Yeah,
1: just <laughs> took the game over. Excellent performance, well.
0: And then, yep, she had a double. Otessa Pule was strong. But there is a problem in the NRLW as being stand with hip drops, isn't
1: there? 100%. I think um, realistically, it's just probably a bit of a strength thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that natural sort of strength between males and females, where women just, you know, they aren't able to just get that technique 100% right. Uh, so they resort to things like hip drops, but... they need to be snuffed out of the game in the NRLW just like they were in the NRL.
0: Yeah. Pani Hopowadi just as guilty on this occasion.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. 100% right, my friend. Uh, Kira be outstanding again, but for the Cowboys, it's just been a season of inconsistency, isn't it?
1: Yeah, just you know, they had some nice moments, but they've also had some really, really shocking moments this season. Uh, but again, you know, foundation's of you know, new franchise. I think they'll be able to build off this year. It might just take a couple of years for them to get to where those other two Queensland teams are.
0: Yeah, I 100%, 100% agree. I think they've been stubborn by injury, but. They've got to build around Kira Dim. And they need to say, this is the core. Everyone else needs to follow it. And there's been some bright sparks in this team this year. Like Manzelman, outstanding. Lily Peacock on the back row. Uh, Raf Strand Smith's been good at times. Jess Reeves off the bench has been good. But they need to find a way to build this core and say, we're going to do better for the year after and the year after that. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, For the Roosters, though, good win. Uh, Injuries, though, Tyler Bentley hurt. Uh, I think there was someone else that went off injured as well, which is a bit of a shame. But moving forward, uh, some good signs for the Roosters heading into the finals. I'll be taking on the Titans, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Broncos 46, Dragons 12. The Broncos charged in the NRLW semi final, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Just what we this heading into this uh, final leg of the season. Obviously, win would have wrapped up our top four place, uh, regardless mm-hmm. of whether the Raiders the Titans drew. That was the only way we were staying out, really. Um, but yeah, just excellent performance from the Broncos. Just really, really proud of the team and. You know, the resilience they showed to drop those opening two games um, and storm back home. Obviously, it's going to be tough for us given the three losses we had this season were up against the three teams that are also in the top four. But we'll get there when we get there. At least they were all close. Yeah, 100%.
0: But for the Dragons, it's been a poor season. Like, a really poor season. And you know that... It has been a hard year for Jamie Soward. It's been really hard for him. But I feel I feel honest,
1: very sorry, very very sorry for Sowie. Mm-hmm. It's good that he has been given he has been given an extension with the Dragons. So obviously they still believe in him as a coach. But yeah, hopefully they'll be able to build back a bit stronger after this season. Mm hmm. 100%.
0: And I just want to say, Racy McGregor's looked the shadow of a player she was last year.
1: 100%. I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why the Dragons have struggled so much. Just not being able to get the best out of McGregor. And I think they'll have to go back to the drawing board next year to see how they completed her strengths talented, you have to
0: build the team around her. 100% they need to do that. Tika Berry as well is another one I feel extremely sorry for. They had some good players. Like that front rower, Tika Langa Kartal, was outstanding in the middle. But nobody else was going with her. They played Zali Hopkins at hooker. She didn't have a run. She was made to be a human cannonball in the middle of the field. Seven missed tackles. Holy dooly, the dragons made a big tactical misfire.
1: Yeah. Just... Look, at the end of the day, they had nothing to lose, did they? So, we're a second bit of a gamble, seeing if it works. But, unfortunately, the answer is no.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. But... Grading the Dragons year, where do you give them on a scale of A to D? You've got to go D, just me for disappointing. Yeah, 100%. I forgot about the Cowboys before. I'm going to give them a C just because of the injuries they've had as well. Yes, I agree. Uh, Let's move on. Sharks 56, Parramatta 6, the first half century of the NRLW season. This was a turn off after twenty minutes. That was yeah. bad.
1: That was embarrassing from Paramount. You know, obviously they've had a very tough season, but you would have hoped they shoot they showed a little bit more fight in their final game. But just really, really poor way to end the season.
0: Yeah, and 100% right, my friend. Uh, but for the Dragons, uh, Nessa Piddle, outstanding. Uh, she's proven to be a great find at centre. Wheeler, outstanding in the middle. Uh, Brooke Anderson, good. I don't think there was a bad play for the Sharks today. But for Parramatta, this is a mess of a side at the moment. And I don't know how you fix it. It's
1: going to take more than one off-season effects. I think they'll have to probably completely gut the team this season, which is a shame because you know we're playing the final game for 2022. But I think there's no way you can keep the same core of this team and go into 2024 expecting a different result. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they'll have to find something. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, 100% right, my friend. I just don't know what's going on at the club. They need to change everything. It's just one mess after another. But moving on, Titans 30, Raiders 6, the final playoff. The shootout was over by halftime as well, but Titans led 22-0 at the break. They picked up some tries in the second half. And, yet the Raiders, their first season comes to an end. I don't think you can call it a disappointment.
1: No, you definitely can They were easily the best of the four foundation. I keep calling them foundation solid, the four new franchises. Um, but, yeah, I think, end of the day, that experience and cohesion of you know, being able to be in this competition for multiple seasons, shows when it matters the most for the Titans. It was really, really professional performance from the, with their season on the line. Like, realistically, they never looked like losing.
0: Yeah, 100%, my friend. Uh, but for the Titans, though, they're looking better and better.
1: And, you know, a little bit of a rough batch. They started the season off really well, but a couple losses here and there, but they're going to come into the finals now. So this place, they're, they're going to have a game against the Roosters, which they'll probably think they can win. Well, obviously they won't think they can win, but they probably got a really good chance to. So I think definitely better than the chance they'd have against Newcastle. And That's no disrespect to the Roosters either, by the way. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it'll be very interesting to see how the Titans go. There could be a team that could, you know, contend for the premiership, or there could be cannon fodder for the Roosters in week one. Really don't
0: know. Hmm. Hundred percent, my friend. But some good performers in this one. They gave Pallidi an early mark. She was outstanding. Shannon Marto. She's probably the best front row in the NRLW. Jessica Elliston, outstanding. Uh Shaley Bent, continuing to impress as well. But yeah, I think this season of the NRLW has shown that expansion can work, but, and I say a massive but here, they need to be careful in their approach.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, they can't rush expansion here. I know the Bulldogs look like they're going to be very close to coming into the league, but they just need it. the NRL just needs to take their time with it. 100% right,
0: my friend. So finished looking at the way the season has concluded, uh, Knights on top with their first minor premiership in clubs total history. Then you've got the Roosters, Titans, Broncos as your top four. Then it's the Raiders, Sharks, Dragons, Tigers, Cowboys, Wooden Spooners, uh, the Parramatta Eels. Uh, this week's finals match is upcoming. We've got the Knights and the Broncos on Saturday, on Sunday. Rather. That is at... Newcastle, 2.05pm for the Roosters-Titans game uh, at 415 at Allianz Stadium. So, the Roosters do get a home final in the NRL Women's Premiership. Should we play so... the Grinola
1: market? Pardon? Should we play the Grinola? Oh, fuck off. <laughs>
0: We've been to Bob the Builder's Graveyard once. We don't need to go again.
1: <laughs> Never enough, trips to Grinola
0: yeah. Uh, let's move on to the New South Wales Cup finals. Uh, Prelim final, North City 28, Warriors 24. The Bears are in at a grand final. Uh, but Jesse Maskey picked up a double. Eliel Zakim got 144 metres. Uh, Alex Edskip crossed over for a night trying in the corner. Uh, they'll get plays back in. Jake Turpin did only last two minutes. He got cast. Ben Marsh, he did a good job backing up at hooker. Uh, Turpin has spoken to Alan Katzman since. He reckons he'll be back next week. Also, Terrell May, Fletcher Baker, and Junior Punga are expected to come back.
1: Yeah, obviously. Uh, as much as you'll hear, the recent season couldn't have ended a better of the this. As long as we can get to North,
0: as long as we can get past South in the grand final, I'll be happy. But for hmm. the Warriors. Uh, Tom like 242 metres. Wow. minutes. Performant. He played 80. Also for the Bunty and Fowl Fan Appreciation Society, led by Anton Poser on Twitter, 11 runs, 111 metres and a try for Big Bunty. Love that. Yeah, 100%. So that grand final will be between North Sydney and... And South Sydney at Parramatta Stadium at three PM. Uh, I'm looking forward to that game. Should be a really good game. Moving on to the Queensland Cup. Just, a quick question: Double
1: is a book of years?
0: No, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Moving on to the Queensland Cup Grand was playing today uh brisbane tigers 22 burley 18 i will give the recap of the game for our listeners um brisbane had a bit of early possession it was a try scored by uh tristan powell nice little short ball out of acting half was delivering the first points from there it took a little bit of action but you had keanu Kini. he was probably the best player on the field i'd say in this game did a bit of a step and a bit of a wave and a way he went, did a magnificent flick pass to Danny Francis. And that was a great try. That got it to 6'4". And then Guy Hamilton went for a 40-20. Corey Thompson does his best Blake Ferguson in the 2017 Final Series impersonation. With me so far? And you had the 40-20 with... Corey Thompson doing his best Blake Ferguson impersonation, mate. You would have been absolutely <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. have to say
0: that twice. 100% my friend. <laughs> I, was, I was a bit traumatized. There's a couple of things I'm traumatized about Roosters Broncos games. That's one. <laughs> and then the second one is SKD. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: Spears, least... Sorry, mate.
1: At least you've got Luttrell and 59 nil over me to make up for it. Yes, I do.
0: Yes, I do. But Burley didn't have the lead for long. A Jonah Pezzett bomb was taken out of the air by Kane Bradley to score for the Tigers. It was 12-8 at the break. And that was important.
1: Yeah, very important. Obviously, you want to go in the halftime with the lead in the grand final.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tyron Roberts got penalised for an escort penalty. And you saw the penalty goal uh, from pezot That got to 14-8. And then Guy Hamilton went to the line, through an intercept. And Max Lerman was 20-8 to at this stage. Uh, a penalty conceded by Solomon Afatapay. Was intercepted. And you had intercepted. You had the penalty that went upfield. Sammy Saluma. 20 to 14 at this stage, a vital moment. And then Tony Francis bobbed and weaved and away he went down the right side. It was 20 to 18. Roberts missed the kick. But a high tackle penalty against Sam Costa. And it was 22 points to 18. And that was it. The Brisbane Tigers are the first team officially on to grand final day. In what was a good yeah. game of football. Keanu Keeney got the Duncan Hall medal as the best player on the field. And, yeah, mate, that's all she wrote.
1: Yeah, so that concludes a very, very topsy-turvy Queensland Cup season. Um, But, yeah, obviously, congratulations to East. Um, They, you know, scored the upset over South Slogan the first week of the finals and, you know, grabbed another upset over Burley in the grand final. So, deserved champions of Queensland and they will get to hoist the Queensland flag when they go up against either South or North in the state championship on grand final day.
0: Yeah, we will see. How that one goes. And you've got to feel sorry for Burley. They were minor premiers and they just fell short at the end.
1: Yeah. Just obviously a great season for Burley in the last year of this long term partnership they've had with the Titans. Um, but yeah, just unfortunate way for them to end the season. Um, yeah. Just really, I'm sure. Absolutely gunning for them, but end of the day, that's what happens in the grand final. There's always one winner and one loser. So, hundred two
0: percent, my friend. At the moment, uh, let's move on to this week's LOL Cow of the Week. No, this week was a bit of a dull week. It could have been easy to go with Ashley Klein, but let's just go with something very easy. Brian Fletcher from the Panthers.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Tell us why Brian Fletcher's your low cow. He did an article this week,
0: and he says that... Uh, where did he say it? Where did he say it? He says that Brisbane should not be allowed to play at their home ground for a prelim final. Now, why would he say that? Because Penrith have to go to Sydney Olympic Park because their stadium's too small.
1: Okay, well, let's look at this logically for a second. Penrith are a team that's based in Western Sydney, correct? Yes. Homebush is a stadium based in Western Sydney, correct? Mm hmm. Homebush is the biggest stadium in Western Sydney, correct? Correct. Now, the Brisbane Broncos are a team based in Brisbane, correct? Correct. Suncorp Stadium is in Brisbane, correct? Correct. Suncorp Stadium is the biggest stadium in Brisbane, correct? Correct. Therefore, both teams are playing in the best Mm -hmm. possible stadiums for their games, correct? Yes. Case closed. I do love, though, the amount of Panthers fans saying, oh, but the Broncos can just go play at the Gabba. Completely disregarding the fact that, A, the Broncos are 3-0 at the Gabba this season, and B, the Brisbane Lions are playing an AFL semi-final at 5.30 on Saturday at the Gabba. Yeah. So it just doesn't work, does it?
0: 100%. That's Brian. That's Brian Fletcher, CEO of the Pampers for you, Reese. What have you got?
1: All right. Well, I'm going to go with college football this weekend. <sighs> so, <laughs> in case you haven't been staying up with college football, uh, Colorado have become a national sensation this year. Uh, coached by NFL legend Dion Sanders, quarterbacked by Heisman Trophy candidate and Dion's son, Shaor Sanders, they started the season off two and zero. And they really captivated the national media. But they were going up against their big rivals, Colorado State University, uh, this weekend. And CSU went out to an early league. And they went into halftime with the league, as you do. Uh, the media went to interview the CSU coach. And he gave some trash talk to Colorado. And there are a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, social media personalities predominantly white who was saying that csu had spent time in the film room instead of doing what Colorado's done which is you know a lot of promotional stuff a lot of working with superstars um unfortunately for them all colorado came back uh they managed to score a t- touchdown and a two-point conversion in the dying seconds to tie the game at 28 all and then they went on to win in overtime they go to three and O, and CSU are left with a lot of egg on their face.
0: <laughs> you love to see it,
1: indeed you do. Indeed you do.
0: Hundred percent, my friend. But that is where we leave it, my friend. Chaotic week, absolutely nuts. But, mate, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, AJ. We're down to the final four. We are down to the final four. It's the big dance. We'll see you then. All right. Bye, guys.